fundraising around the world. Hi, I'm Bill Stajakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Mohammed Abdul Kader. He's the founder and principal of the Radial Global Advisory, a social impact consulting firm that works here in the United States and internationally. Mohammed, thank you for being with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. Excited to be with everyone today. Before we talk about uh, advice that you have for fundraising from the United States into other countries around the world, help our audience understand your background, because while you're based in the U.S., you do quite a bit of work in other countries. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, I started off my career uh, mostly in higher ed uh, with a focus, uh, spent a lot of time doing fundraising as a development officer for a couple of institutions, first at, at George Mason and then later at Georgetown University at the School of Foreign Service for a number of years. And uh, in both contexts, both institutions, I was doing a bit of international strategy as well. In particular, at Georgetown, I was there when the financial markets crashed in, in 2008, 2009. And, you know, I sort of made a pitch to our leadership. And I said, look, we've got quite a bit of quite a bit of alumni overseas who I think uh, could really benefit from getting to know the institution better. Uh, you know, if, if you're cool with it, I'd like to take my travel budget and, and begin to cultivate some relationships overseas. And um, I did that with a primary focus on the Middle East, uh, in particular, the Gulf, to be a little more specific. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to think it was it was a, it was a success for the institution. Uh, I spent a number of years in the Obama administration overseeing the Title VI and Fulbright-Hayes programs at the U.S. Department of Education, which was largely a grant making uh, grant making unit that was supporting language learning and uh, area studies at American institutions. It was a real just great opportunity. Uh, spent a few years after that uh, overseeing a program at the Aspen Institute that was connecting classrooms in the United States with classrooms overseas. And now I'm in the middle of uh, an Eisenhower Fellowship and uh, really trying to build up this, uh, this advisory practice that I have where we're working with organizations to help them make better strategic decisions, whether it's on their operations, their fundraising, uh, board management, a number of different things that, that, that I work with a, with a number of clients on. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's been a good experience to just help folks think a little more uh, a little more about some of the challenges that they're facing. So, and that brought me to you. So it's good to connect with you, Bill. What a unique and remarkable background. And it's great to connect with you as well, Muhammad. Thanks. And uh, as you've traveled the world now, both raising money, as you talked about, yeah. uh, and also, you know, connecting, you know, United States activities with activities in other countries. What advice do you have for fundraisers who are based in the United States, but also have donors or prospective donors in other countries around the world? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, look, uh, fundraising inter internationally is both exciting, but can also be intimidating. I would say three primary things are important to keep in mind. The first is, you know, in fundraising, there's a development cycle when you're working with individual donors. You know, you're, you're getting to know folks, you're identifying and qualifying them, you're cultivating them, you're eventually soliciting, and then you're stewarding, right? That's a simplification of the cycle. But what I would say is don't deviate from that cycle. You still have fundamentals in fundraising and they apply all over the world with folks from all over the world. It's an important, it's an important process and it, every step builds on the previous one. What I would say is though, when, when you're fundraising internationally, you simply add a cultural lens to it. And what do I mean by that? So you've gotta be conscious of things like local holidays, local norms, local laws, right? You're really just adding that lens in front of you. Got to think about things like family dynamics, right? So 
could could the could the matriarch of the family need to be involved in the decision making? Is it a patriarchal uh, you know family where where uh, where the grandfather needs to be involved in the ask? Uh, things like that are important to keep in mind for your success. Uh, also be conscious of certain times of the year when people are more generous. So for instance, in Muslim communities, oftentimes giving happens during the month of Ramadan. So things like that where it's important to get a sense of the local culture, some of the local customs where you're working. And I, I also say that there's a caveat to that because not every family, not every prospect fully adheres to everything. So it's just a matter of being conscious of it. That's really the first thing that I would say is, is important uh, when you're heading overseas. The second thing that I would say is approach fundraising as a win-win, uh, as a win-win relationship, as a partnership. Uh, part of that is committing to the region where you're going to be fundraising in. And I say that because quite often, uh, to the detriment of, of a lot of institutions in the United States, we've treated other parts of the world as an ATM. Uh, mm -hmm. That not only breeds resentment, but it's very clear of a short-term mindset of a transactional mindset. And that doesn't serve the institution, doesn't serve the donor. Uh, you really want to think long-term. You want to think about their best interest. And, uh, you know, things like assigning a staff member to a particular region or a city so that there's a steady presence. It demonstrates a commitment. On another level, think about your programs in that city beyond fundraising is there an academic program in that, uh, you know, in that town serving the local community? Some institutions have facilities around the world in other parts of the world as they think about their campus internationalization and their presence around the world. So that's another thing to consider. Make that commitment and think about how you can help that local community as if it were your own. We're in an age where borders, uh, borders have, have vanished, borders have been blurred, and we're, we're very much connected. So as many of our institutions think of themselves as global universities, global colleges, global, global institutions, also keep in mind that local community should be treated like your own. The final thing that I would say is, uh, is to the extent you can, localize your your price points and your products, right? So in a campaign context, there's a, you know, there's often the development of products and price points. So a scholarship costs this much, a faculty chair is, you know, corresponds to this particular price point. Uh, say you're a university and you're in the middle of a capital campaign. Uh, you know, why would a prospective donor in a country care about, for instance, a scholarship to help a student in your own community when they have needs as well. One of the things that helped, uh, that certainly I think helped me when I was at, at Georgetown is we localized a lot of price points uh, and, and, and products, excuse me. Uh, and, and what that really looked like was to say, okay, if I am gonna be in uh, Jordan today, or I'm gonna be in Kuwait or the UAE meeting with prospective donors, well, there's students there who may want to come to, uh, to to Georgetown as well, or to George Mason, or wherever institution I'm, I'm fundraising for. Think about a scholarship that supports students from that community to come to your institution. You localize it. There's local impact. Uh, you know, I think especially uh, in light of the last financial crisis, 2008-2009, a lot of philanthropists started thinking about local impact. We've now been through. Uh, you know, there have been several armed conflicts around the world, refugee crises, a pandemic. A lot of folks are more conscious of local impact 
especially those with significant philanthropic means, and they're going to want to better their local communities. That's one of the main drivers of philanthropy. So to the extent you can find that win-win, back to the previous point, localize your products and price points to say, here's you know, a scholarship that'll help a kid from your community come to our institution. Uh, the other thing to think about is, is your academic programs that may benefit that local community. Do you have a center, uh, a social work center that's doing work, not just in your home community, but in communities around the world? Do you have a, a finance program or an international relations program that's studying a particular part of the world? So think about those types of linkages and again, develop uh, pathways for local impact. I would say those are really kind of the three, three main things to keep in mind um, for success when you're fundraising internationally. Mohammed, that's great advice for our fundraisers. Stick to your continued fundraising planning in the cultural context of the donor and the prospective donor. Make sure it's win-win, not a transaction. And one way to do that is to make sure that the opportunities for financial support are localized for that particular donor. And Mohammed, I want to ask you, and we teach that at the fundraising school in terms of a tool we call the values exchange, that you know the nonprofit benefits from the financial gift, but also in many other ways. And the donor benefits in many ways from making the gift, including their personal motivations and their philanthropic values that they're able to express. As we do that here in the United States, there's lots of ways that we can research. Certainly, maybe somebody on our board and our organization knows the donor. Um, you know, we obviously can look on LinkedIn and online and our own donor database for information. But here's what I'm getting at in the international context. We also teach that the best way to find out about the donor is to meet with the donor and to continually meet with the donor. Well, if the donor lives on the other side of the planet, <laughs> that could be a little bit harder. So how do I gain information about the donor, especially in those last two categories of win-win and a localized opportunity for funding when it's harder to meet with the donor face-to-face? -face? Yeah, well, look, first and foremost, your earlier point, Bill, you know, to the extent you can hop on a plane and go meet with folks, you're going to learn more in a, in a single meeting than you will uh, through a lot of uh, prospect research. So again, I, I am a favor of face-to-face -face meetings, but we are in an age where technology allows us to, to continue to develop connections. So whether that's you know, through the power of, uh, of, of Zoom meetings or other platforms, that's important. You can continue to engage folks that way. Continue to uh, engage donors through uh, your portfolio of, of, of engagement opportunities. We're doing a lot more programming virtually these days, and there's an opportunity to, to intellectually engage donors as well so that they're benefiting from the, the star power and the, 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 the really intellectual richness of a lot of our institutions. So there, that really provides an opportunity to add value to that relationship, continue to utilize what's happening across the institution. Um, you know, continue to think about other creative ways to engage. Do you have a mentorship program for students where they could potentially engage with that prospective donor, uh, connect with them, learn with them? There's a number of ways to, 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 to again, turn this into uh, a win-win situation beyond just the transaction of writing a check. And I think that pays dividends in the long-term for everyone involved. And we certainly can relate to that here at the fundraising school. Pre-pandemic, if we were going to train internationally, we needed to get on an airplane. Yeah. Now, sometimes we do, and sometimes we teach by Zoom. Sometimes people still come here, sometimes they join us by Zoom. And so it's just still finding that mix as technology has become yeah. more widespread. Uh, as a byproduct of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. Mohammed, I want to ask you about timing. Um, you know, so you see, you know, look, we're putting our fundraising plan together. We have that approved internally. We have board approval. 
does does fundraising internationally take longer because of the distance and it takes me longer to develop and cultivate a relationship before making the ask? Is it about the same? Perhaps it's even faster because people understand the geographic distance and maybe aren't as interested in as many meetings. Is there a timing difference when we fundraise internationally? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think there is. I think it's, I, I found that, you know, similar to, to, to fundraising here in the United States, you may go see a prospect and they're ready to engage with the institution and they're ready to meet your faculty and ready to meet the deans and, and ready to cut a check and they're excited. They're ready to host something in their home. Uh, other times you're, re, you're building trust. Folks will say, hey, where have you been? We haven't heard from you in a while. Or, oh, I made that gift back in 1995 and no one said thank you. And, you know, they're, they're upset and you've got to do some, some um, you know, some, uh, some repair of the relationship. And that's no different than here in the United States. So I would say, I would say there isn't necessarily a rule, but to your earlier point, uh, you know, the, the engagement piece may take a while, right? If you're taking a principal overseas, a dean or a president, uh, it, it might be tougher to plan those types of visits. So you have to get creative and think about your, perhaps your volunteers. Is there a senior volunteer who lives in Hong Kong that you could send to go meet with a prospective donor in the meantime, you know, uh, in that time between you can get, you know, you getting back out there or your president or your dean getting back out uh, to meet with them. So I think, sure, the logistics can pose a challenge, but I think from a donor-centric perspective, it's a, it's a mixed bag. Some great advice and also some cautions woven into that advice from Ahmed Abdel Kader, founder and principal of the Radial Global Advisory, which is a social impact consulting firm that he has founded as he provides training and consulting here in the United States and around the world. And this is the type of information that we incorporate in our courses in the United States and around the world. We are in person more often with our courses now in more and more U.S. cities and easily accessible internationally online, as well as in the United States. You can access our online courses, which are asynchronous, meaning recorded, or synchronous, meaning live and virtual. Uh, and those courses are available through our website at philanthropy.iupui. Dot edu forward slash the fundraising school, where you also will learn about our custom training, again, in person and online in the United States, around the world. You'll also find our quarterly webinars and these free podcasts, as well as information about our new textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition now out. And this textbook gathers all of the research-based evidence and wisdom and advice of our academic faculty at the Indiana University, Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, our faculty from the fundraising school, as well as numerous practitioners around the world. Again, that website, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. So grateful to our guests today, Muhammad Abdul Kader, our producers today, Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.